Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome to Melanated Stamps. I'm so glad you found me in my little corner of the world. My name is Dr. Jania Perdue, and I am an expat, a black expat, who is currently in Shenzhen, China, but my roots are Denver, Colorado. And today's guest is very near and dear to my heart. Well, all of them are amazing, and this is a shameless plug that you should listen to all of my episodes because my conversations with folks are great. And the folks that I know are great, and the people that I get to experience life with are amazing and great. This one is special though, because she and I graduated from the same university, and it seems like it's a hundred years ago, but I'm not going to age us because that's just disrespectful and rude. But we are Murray State University alums, and we are racers, and um. Way back in the day, we um, crossed paths a lot um, in the cafeteria, library, doing nerdy things, and she is amazing. Her name is Martika Chanel, and you can find her at martikachanel.com, M-A-R-T-I-K-A-S-H-A-N-E-L.com, and you can find that link on my Instagram page and also on my website, Melanated Stamps, which is M-E-L-A-N-A-T-E-D-S-T. T-A-M-P-S. So find my website, find hers, and support her work. Martika is um, currently a senior safety consultant in a construction company. She is a mom of some beautiful chocolate babies, and she um, does inspirational keynote addresses, and she does, she's an author of a, a couple books and almost her third. Um, she is has done children's books and also um, her newest, which is What to Do with These Red Flags, Unlocking Healthy Relationships from the Penance Within, and it is great. So in this conversation, we talk about all the things from parenting, co-parenting, being a black woman, traveling the world, uh, writing, um, and relationship struggles and vulnerability and all kinds of great things. So you are in for a treat. Um, at the end of this conversation, I will again share how you can find us, support us, hire us, and look for us, send us some love. And without further ado, this is my conversation with Martika. Enjoy. All right, everyone, welcome to Melanated Stamps. I'm so glad that you found me in my little corner of the world. Today I have um, an alma mater of sorts from back in the day um and i'm so excited because uh we were just talking about how we haven't talked to each other in like a hundred years because your life happens and so she's here with me can you explain to you everybody who you are and what you're doing absolutely so thank you so much for having me on the show first and foremost i am proud of everything that you're doing and, and it's an honor to be on your show so thank you um so i'm Martika, i'm Martika chanel and um as she mentioned yeah we we uh, attended murray state together um yeah and it murray state's small a smaller campus um i call it a college town so yeah we we've had um several things that we've done together and collaborated on in the past and it's, it's good to be back in that in that space um so I'm speaker of self-love and inspiration. I'm an author, motivational speaker. I'm very active in the community when it comes to pouring into our youth. I have uh, some published works that we'll talk about, two published children's books that are inspirational, and also my recent book, 
um, which is for us young adults on up, which is what to do with these red flags. So I look forward to talking about all that and much more. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I just can't handle it. Okay. Yes. All right. So uh, I wrote a book and you wrote a book and I understand like it is, that is a journey for sure. So I don't know like which one you want to talk about first, but um, yes. Um, let's, let's start with why writing a book? Yes. Why did you, did you just wake up one day and like, this is, this is what I want to do? Well, I will say, um, with my children's book, um, it's, it's 2019 in January and, um, their dad, he was uh, got stationed, um, elsewhere for training. So they call it PCS, uh, orders, which is, um, you know, temporary orders elsewhere, or I should say he was on temporary orders elsewhere, not PCS. Uh, but anyway, while he was away, you know, that January, I said, you know what, I'm this year, I'm going to be a published author. And I knew that I wanted to leave something, have something tangible for my children long-term in terms of something to inspire them. But also, um, I'm, I'm from a small rural town in southeastern Kentucky, <laughs> and um, it's, it's stricken by the opioid crisis. And I, I knew that year that I wanted to start living out my purpose, and I felt as though I was called to do that. I had a message on my heart, and that's what that was the impetus of that, of my writing career. And um, I, I wrote that even whenever you look at my history. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So this is I Will Live My Best Life too, And in it, I dedicate my book not only to my children, but also to the children who are affected by the opioid crisis. Mm. Because I want them to know that if I can make it out and I can survive my parents' opioid addiction, you can too. You can be whomever you want to be. Success is in everyone. And whenever I go and I speak to children, I let them know that. Because sometimes all it takes is someone planting that seed of inspiration in them in order for them to understand that, hey, you know what? Success is in me. And they can take that and soar. Yeah, for sure. I think um, it's interesting that you took your your life struggle and your personal trauma and then you you transformed it into a piece of art and and so that's really beautiful especially now so I was just listening to my podcast with the New York Times and all of the the Purdue Pharma and all of this is like right now in the news Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's it's such a hard thing to hear that you came from this but also like you're you moved through and um, so many people struggle, and that's what we're seeing right now. It's just how hard it is for folks, the kids and for the parents. Yeah. Oh yes, it's very difficult, and in, and I learned early on, you know, that there was an issue. And I will also say this, and you know, you all can read more about my story. It's on my my website, on my blog, www.martikashnell.com. dot com, and the the the. The irony of all of it is that it doesn't discriminate. That's the Mm. thing. You know, my mother, she was highly educated. You know, she attended Union College. She got her Bachelor of Science degree in Sociology and Psychology. And all it took was an injury and going to the doctor and getting prescribed opioids for Mm. her to become addicted. And that was a gateway drug to other hardcore drugs that uh, my parents were addicted to. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I thought it doesn't discriminate. That's the thing. And in my article, you know, on, on my blog, I talk about how there's no process for for weaning off the the um, the, the first the uh, the patient. There, there's no process for that for tapering down the the um, the dosage. So 
So you, you, it's, it's an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing thing. So I knew once a month <laughs> I would see my, my mom in a certain state that was uncomfortable to me um, as a child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's hard. So like, um, in your book, how do you couple like your life story and the book together? So you, you mentioned that it's in a, it's a book of encouragement. Like I did it so you can too. <laughs> what are some of the other themes that you were trying to accomplish with your book? I'm glad you asked. Mm-hmm. Tell me all the things. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a one-liner in there that, because um, I, I want it to be an uplifting book. You know me, I'm an uplifting person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to talk about how we're going to propel, you know, from the situation. And I talk about the importance of perseverance and how you have to fail forward in order to succeed sometimes. And it's okay if you get that C minus. So, you know, there's a, a picture in the book, you know, um, of a girl and the main character and that you can see she's right here the main character she's adorable (laughs) you're gonna have to see this book y'all absolutely Mm -hmm. (laughs) thank you and um so she you know she's um you know into biomechanical engineering and she gets a c minus and she's devastated she's crying and uh later on we see her hey now she's presenting you know in front of uh, an audience and she's successful at it and they're applauding her and just to, just to show children that it's okay if you fail, you know, that's just a stepping stone towards your success. And we all have to fail in order to just succeed. In fact, if you're not failing, maybe we should be working a little bit harder. <laughs> because, you know, if you're, yeah, if you're too comfortable, you know, are you really living in your purpose? And so, um, yeah, so that's my little message on failure. But I talk about that in the book. I also, um, I also tackle the importance of self-love as well. That's my platform, as I told you all before. I'm speaker of self-love and inspiration. So I talk about the importance of having love first from within mm-hmm. and spending time with yourself. So there's um, some picture, you know, some depictions of her spending time with herself, journaling, and then also hanging out with her friends as well. Because we all know that we have to grow. In order to grow, we also have to have a good circle, a good network of people around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think those are really powerful um lessons that you're teaching children because the whole reason I'm in therapy is because I I needed to have those but I'm in my 30s so you're teaching kids how to do these things and that's that's amazing yeah thank you thank you I love it so that was January 2019 you said Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do this and then um so I don't even know how many books do you have? Is it two or is it three? I have three. So two children's books. The second one, uh, and this one was published in September 2019. I will live my best life too. And the mm-hmm. second one, I am loved and I love me. That one, um, this one's full of memorable affirmations for younger children. So the first one, ages zero to twelve. And I've even, I'll say this as well. Even though I have, you know, an age cap on the books. People still buy them for adults as well, mm-hmm. you know. So I've even had, because um, I've always done a book tour for my books. Um, the pandemic kind of, you know, uh, squandered that mm-hmm. that idea for this one. But I, I was still able to, right before the pandemic hit on um, Valentine's Day of uh, last year, I was able to partner with the PX, uh, which if you're familiar with the military world, it's an on-base um, uh, mall shopping center. 
And um, there I had a purse that she came and she she purchased the book for one of her girlfriends and she's an adult. So it's also for us adults as well. Yeah. <laughs> Just, there you have it. <laughs> you need affirmations all the time. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Wow. So when did that one, when was that one published? That was recent, yes? Or not so much? Yeah, this, this one was February, February 2019. This one was published. Or February 2020, this one was published. And... Uh, what I wanted to do was, in this one, uh, the, the main character is in the likeness of my daughter, Miss Penelope. Elise. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Penelope. And this, yeah, just so you can kind of, you know, know what to expect from the book. Oh, yes. My favorite thing that I like is that you have, like, all the skin tones are represented in your work. And so I'm I'm quite a fan. I'm a big fan of this. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. You know, I, I want, that's one of the, the most important things for me is that children see themselves and it doesn't matter, you know, how you look, you know, um, your frame, your complexion, any of those things, you're important. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the affirmations that's in here. I'm important. I believe in me. And so these are, again, these are short, memorable affirmations that children can learn at a young age because I want them to commit them to memory. And that way they can speak them with conviction and it's ingrained in their memory and in their soul. <laughs> because I don't want Absolutely. anyone to take that from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we both know how projection is as we get older, Absolutely. even from adults. Mm-hmm. And I want, children, I want children to know that whenever they do sense and get exposed to projection, that from a negative standpoint that they understand that that has nothing to do about them, but it's everything to do about the person who's doing the projection. One hundred percent. Yes. Um, so let's talk about the process of children's book writing. Um, and yeah, so I want to know the process of or the difference between children's book process or publishing and then your adult one. And then we'll transition into your book that you wrote for young adults. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So with the children's book, what I found that the biggest difference, it's funny because one of my close girlfriends asked me this a few weeks ago. Ah, yeah. You know what? There is a difference. Yeah. <laughs> so, so with the children's book, you build your manuscript, you get your editor to review everything, approve it. And, um, and then too, with my publishing company, we even go so far, or my book company, which does publishing, we even go so far as to getting beta readers early on. That way, you know that there's a solid message and it's going to resonate because they're your buyers and it's going to resonate with them. And even having uh, some children also, you know, take a look at some of the verbiage as well, depending on which age group it's for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once you do that, then it's not your, you know, you, you pass it on to the next person, right? You pass it on to the illustrator for them to do their part. So mm-hmm. that it, 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 I like that process because you do your work, you do your homework, and then you pass it off to the next person, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I will say to you, it, I'm heavily involved in the production of my book. So even down to the colors that you see, I pick those. (laughs) Down to the hashtag. Yes. To the the hashtag color codes. All those, even the the, the stripes, for example, just the minute details, I'm all in, you know, in Mm -hmm. terms of the production. So that's that for the children's book. Um, The production of the the non-fictions and the, you know, the... The non-children's books, those take a lot of time. Today, it takes a lot of time. <laughs> yes, it does. And I found this one to, girl, I found this one to be, yeah, you can speak to this. I found this one to be more arduous just because it's, um, you have to really commit to writing. If you don't have a writing 
schedule you have to commit to getting your project done. It's just like homework at school at Murray. You know, you just, mm-hmm. you got to sit down and get it done. And I knew I had this much time, a very <laughs> small window of time. Yes. <laughs> To get it done because we'll talk too about co-parenting later but you know during the summer you know they um they went with their dad and i'm like okay i have you know i have to live my best life but simultaneously i also have to get this book done you know Mm -hmm. that i i proclaim that i'm publishing and so that's that's that it's all on you uh to get that done before you can even send it off to the editor so uh yeah it's just that the process is just it's just it's deeper too because um, i know for me with my project I had to tap into some emotionally sensitive times as well mm. and topics. So there's there's that um, aspect as well. Yeah, writing, like, the book that I wrote, and I, I, I don't even think, like, for me... I I wrote it as a as a journey of healing just for me to get my whole thing out and it's I don't I don't know if I even want a whole bunch of people to read it because it's it's hard to read it's it's my journey about being black in Denver so it's talking about like being a black woman in very very white spaces and just a lot of like what the microaggressions really look like because like white folks they oh, they come to me often and they're like is it really that difficult and i'm like yes y'all make it hard and but it, i didn't know mm-hmm. about how difficult it was until i moved over here to china and then was reflecting and i was like oh god that was really difficult yeah and it was yeah yeah i had to yell at my therapist a lot i was like i'm not okay <laughs> so yeah the emotional <laughs> oh it was rough man it was rough but yeah so um talk to us about like your book like what what is what are we doing in this one? This is your third one. That's so sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, girl, thank you. Claiming yeah. it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, to do with these... <laughs> what to do with these red flags? Unlocking healthy relationships from the penance within. This what? one, I wanted to touch on this one, girl. I'm a recent divorcee, right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to write a book. It was on my heart to write this one. And I think you know this, just based on just us. You just you know our background and just following each other through social media mm. i'm a private person mm. but the only way you're able to live out your purpose is if you are transparent only way absolutely gotta gotta be transparent and that's what um led me to pouring in a little bit more and being more candid but this with this um with this work of uh work in progress is um that the biggest factor about this one is accountability it's a mirror check and I want people to understand that in any type of relationship, whenever we have disruptions or there's conflict, that we it can't always be the other person, that it's them, mm. that we also we also contribute. We contribute whenever it's going well and also whenever there's turmoil. Mm. And so it's just that mirror check, that accountability um, that, you know, we, we can't always wear the, the perfect patty hat. Um, and, and, and in relationships, I don't think that we always put ourselves accountable to what red flags that not only the other person is holding and that we accept it, but our, our internal red flags because we have them. So how are we working to address those? Whether it's not having boundaries, uh, not sticking to your non-negotiables, what what did you contribute as well? So it's a very, Ooh. yeah, it, it makes, yeah, it's a thought-provoking book. <laughs> I don't think I can read it because I, I personally, I'm perfect. And so not, it's always the other person's fault. I never, I didn't do it. Uh, I'm innocent. It's them. They did it. They made me mad, and I had to punch him in the throat. <laughs> it's not my fault. 
It's never my fault. fault. (laughs) Ever since I was a little kid, I don't know where I got this message from, but I I am innocent. And so, (laughs) yeah. Oh my goodness. I think one of the hardest things for me, like being in my 30s, is like sitting there literally for like hours and being like, who I did that to? Oh no, it's all my fault. And like actually saying it, it like. It, it like gets caught in my throat <laughs> yeah because yes. that can't be right no because I'm, I'm the innocent damsel I don't understand <laughs> right. it, can, it, it can never be me oh not me it, it can never right Could yeah never. me no what <laughs> and that's why I want people to take a dive back go ahead yeah that's what I yeah. want people to take a dive back for mm-hmm. sure yeah and I think um I appreciate that you chose, and then we'll talk about it in detail, like you chose the piece of vulnerability. And if I don't know if you read Brene Brown's work, but her work in like shame and vulnerability is so powerful to me. And like how just being open and sharing and then other people can see your story and be like, oh, yeah, this, that's me too. But man, you got to put <laughs> your stuff on Front Street and that's... that's the thing yeah you can't shame yeah um the 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 cloak of shame yeah you have to that's the only way that we're able to grow and to enhance and to into better people because i always talk about how we're evolving Mm -hmm. in our own journey and that's how you're able to do that from a from a good standpoint and i'm also big on energy as well so i'm on tiktok you all and i talk about this all the time on my tiktok (laughs) in my tiktok Yes, is um is the energy and, and ensuring that you're protecting your energy and that you're also being a good source of energy to others. Mm-hmm. Because whenever you're, we're talking about relationships, say, you know, you do, you, you are perfect patty, right? You got mm-hmm. your hat on, you're perfect patty, and it's the other person. Think about all that energy that you're holding on to, the, yeah. the negative energy. And if they did something to you, if you're the type of person, you're like, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek vengeance because mm-hmm. they did this to me. Think about how heavy that is yeah. <laughs> versus if you choose to water the things that are important, your passion project and your personal growth, then the inner, you know, your, your, your mindset shifts from focusing on that, which really isn't important anymore because it already happened. So what's going to propel you into your next chapter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, your successful chapter. So I talk about that all the time on my TikToks. Um, you all want to go see those. Yeah, we, we, need to, <laughs> we need some wisdom on TikTok because TikTok, TikTok is a struggle. It shows all of humanity. And I feel like some things in humanity don't need to be seen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Ah! Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, what are some of the other themes in your book that you'd like to share? Because I'm loving that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, so I, I talk about that. I also include, it's also interactive. So not only are you reading, but I'm also engaging you. So, because as an instructor, a facilitator, I'm big on all of my students know, if they've ever been in one of my classes, that it's participatory stuff. Mm. <laughs> and I, I apply, yeah, and I incorporated, incorporated that in my book as well. Because I want, I want people to take a moment to really reflect. Not only are you reading, but I want you to write it out to reflect on, you know, what are, what are my self-care uh, methods? Do I, do I even have any? When's the last time I actually applied some self-care techniques to my own life? Mm-hmm. Because we should be doing that, you know, just to keep ourselves in a healthy mindset and a, in a healthy um, uh, just realm. We have to implement self-care. And I know for yeah. me, for a long time, that wasn't a thing. It was, I, you know, 
I was conditioned. I'm talking about this in my book too, but for a long time, I was a codependent. Mm-hmm. So my issues and my concerns, oh, those are back here, and yours are at the front, the forefront. Mm-hmm. So if you and I were talking and you had a problem, it, it went from your problem to at the end of the conversation, it's like, okay, so how are we going to fix this? Even though mm-hmm. I have my own stuff going on, it, it turned into a we thing. And so, um, yeah, it, yeah, I was the hyper empath at that time. <laughs> and there's a balance, right? There's a balance. So, yeah, it's interactive. I talk about the self-care standpoint and also some other things that I don't think that we considered whenever we're talking about relationships. For example, if you don't have a good understanding of who you are at the core, like you don't even know, like, hey, you know, what do I like? What am I just like? You don't know what your non-negotiables are or even have considered boundaries taking the time to understand whether or not you should be in the dating world <laughs> or should you be yeah. in the self-discovery world? Oh, <laughs> what's the difference? What is a self-discovery world? What's this? You get it to know you, who you oh, are. That's fair. Taking a self, I call it a selfish season to taking, you know, taking the time to really pour into yourself, to, to experiment and see what it is that you like. What is Janae like? You know, what is Martika like? And that, after, um, as my divorce was impending and after the, the divorce, I took that time to really get to know who Martika Chanel is. Mm. <laughs> and, and it's really nice because on that journey, I was really able to attain unconditional happiness, which I talk about as well. Because really what we should all be aspiring to, to have is unconditional happiness. Wow. Something that no one can give you and no one can take it from you mm. because it's internal. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think um, the idea also that like we don't we don't seek unconditional happiness because we don't feel worthy enough or valued enough to put that as a priority in our lives, and then like it's just like this. It's, it's that's like I think that it's one of the things at the top of the hill and then it just rolls down the hill and it just gets worse and worse and messier <laughs> and then you start adding people to it and you just and then it's and then you get to the bottom of the hill and you're just a mess just a you're mess a you're a wreck a mess mm-hmm. yeah I I've think been there. <laughs> I think we all have yes <laughs> that's why I left America is I was like we in a mess I, I'm gonna start over in China <laughs> child child Look, you know, and what's, you know, it's funny that you mentioned, like, you, you get to the bottom and you're you're a wreck. And then what do you start doing? Who do you point the finger at when you're at the bottom of the hill? Is it yourself or is it other people? I'm innocent. We already talked about this. It's not my fault. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know whose fault it is, but it's not mine. <laughs> it cannot be mine. No. It's always, you know, I, I care. I, I did so much this person. I cared so much. I did all these things. I poured in everything. And look what they did to me. Right. When really we should be asking, well, well why did you give so much? Why did you think that it was okay to overextend yourself, yeah. even though that you knew that you weren't in the position to do so? Absolutely. So it's all about self-reflecting because it's so important for us to have boundaries for our own peace and our own sanity. Mm-hmm. It's the same. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, man. So who is this book? Who is this book written for? Who, who do you, who are you hoping that it helps to heal and to encourage to grow? First and foremost, if, if you haven't achieved this unconditional happiness that I've talked about, or if you find yourself in situations where you're like, 
you know, I feel like I'm being taken advantage of or um, I feel like I don't know how to grow as a person. Really, the book is for everyone. I want to say that point blank for y'all. I think the book is for everyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's uh, specifically for those individuals and also those who are um, finding themselves in and out of relationships and successful ones. Um, they've just gotten over or are trying to get through a heartbreak. I'm trying to get over that hump because it's very, very difficult, especially whenever we're talking about divorce. Those are the hardest um, and the heaviest types of breakups. So it's for those individuals. They're really... Pick it up. There are gems in here galore. Yes. So anything can get something from this book. I'm just saying. <laughs> ah, I'm loving it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm new to all. I'm new to dating, right? Because back in the day at Murray, I was um, I was a, a single saint, <laughs> and so I didn't know. Yeah. And then I moved over here to China, and I was like. Yeah, we done with this life. So, yeah, and uh, <laughs> dating is wild, especially dating for the first time in my whole life as in my 30s. And so, like, uh, everything is new. And this is, this, oh, my goodness. I have stories for days. Actually, I think uh, one of these days I'm going to just do, like, stand-up comedy. And it's going to be tragic <laughs> comedy. And I'm going to just sit there with a <laughs> microphone <laughs> in my little chair on a stage. And whoever wants to listen, you guys, because these stories are wild. I, and yeah. it's wild and so well, I had a um, my first like not really it was a situationship that's what it was uh, it finally <laughs> ended and it was like four months long and I, I've yelled at my therapist a solid five sessions about how upset I am so I cannot imagine like a real breakup with a real relationship mine was uh, oh, I don't know how y'all do it like you, you were killing it you were doing it I'm so proud of you yeah yeah, it's, thank you. It's hard. Breakups are hard, and relationships are hard. They really, really are. Yeah, and we that need manuals. Yeah, and we need mm -hmm. manuals to like walk through because there are steps towards healing so that we don't um, self-destruct more than we are. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then um, you don't have to just be wallowing in your own pity. Like I think wallowing in pity party for like five minutes is okay, but they. You don't have to wallow in your lack of knowledge to try to get out. Like, somebody else has already done this. So go, mm -hmm. go get ideas from somebody else. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I like that you talk about that because I'm a, I'm a proponent of being the victor of your circumstances. Yeah. Because we can wear, if we wanted to, we could have a whole collection of victim hats, right, from every single situation. It's all about our perspective on the situation. Um, yeah, I think that there's a silver silver lining and in all of our, our tragic moments in life. Um, mm. And I I will say that I I get the, the, the grit and the grin and bear it um, um, mindset from my mother. She was huge at that. And even though she, for example, had her own addiction, you would never be able to tell it unless you were in the home because mm. she was able just to, you know, to to still carry herself, you know, phenomenally. So mm -hmm. I get that from her. And, and one thing that she told me um, is that this always stuck with me is that the world doesn't stop just because something happened to you. That's so true. even after her, yeah, even after her death, you know, I still went back to Murray. I still finished my finals. I still did all those things because it's still turning with or without you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's all about what you want to do about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh my how you're responding gosh. to situations versus reacting 100 percent. yes oh wow so um what is 
Like, what's on the docket now for you as a writer? Like, what other projects and feelers are you putting out there? Um, yeah. Yeah, so I have other, I have other podcast, um, um, guest, guest, um, features that I'm, that are upcoming that'll be posted on my social media. I also am gearing up for the book tour for What to Do with These Red Flags, which is exciting. And I have some other, um, projects that are in the pipeline, um, that will be forthcoming because I do have, um, I do have a, a loyal following <laughs> and um i want yes and i'm very thankful for those people you know just to be just for them to even say i needed this message today for example and i had people in my inbox asking me for advice and bouncing ideas off of me in terms of uh, just personal growth you know how, how do i achieve and maintain self-love questions that are that surround those so i will um what's forthcoming will be um a program you know, of a few weeks, four to six weeks of, of achieving, you know, a healthy level of self-love and how to, how to manage and maintain self-care. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, do you care to share, like, some of your self-care, like, specifics? Like, so for folks who are like, I don't, I don't have no kind of self-care, too. So, like, what, what do you do? Like, for me, um, I have my stare-at-the-wall moments when, and that's just, ba- that's what I call it, but it's basically just... I have to be by myself, like, alone, mm-hmm. and it's necessary, especially because, like, my town is between 15 and 19 million people, like, there's just people everywhere, like, it's noise, and chicken Goodness. feet smell, <laughs> the, the chicken feet smell, and the traffic, and the nasty sewers, like, it's it's just, it's a lot, and so there's some mm-hmm. days where, like, I'm just not gonna go outside, like, I need to be inside, for 24 36 hours and just look at my wall and think and that's myself also um like tea and vegan smoothies and like i gotta talk to my little friends um and you know so there's there's things that i have to do in order to like maintain balance um so what what are we what are what are you doing for yours well i'll start by saying i like your self-care habits um that's fair the me time I'm all about that. I'm, I am extroverted, as you know. However, I have to have some alone time. I just have to. And that's part of my my time. I get to bond with myself and self-reflect and just do some things that I want to do, you know, um, even if that's just relaxing, um, whatever the case is. But my other um, methods of self-care that I do, I work out religiously. Yes. <laughs> I finally was able to get my... Yeah, to get back on track with that. So you'll see me, I post little shorts sometimes during the year on my stories. Like maybe if you haven't seen some ideas to work out, maybe like, hey, I might try that next time. Mm-hmm. So um, I I do that. I'm big on connecting with nature. Uh, so I also do nature walks. I take the babies with me as well. I have three under five right now. So And they oh, love yes. nature as well. So Aww. we do at least one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I love them. They're, they're cute. <laughs> the kids are cute. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Thank you. You did well. Yeah, that's my my most prestigious title as mother. Um, I'll put that out there. I love it. Um, but yeah, thank you. So we do that. Uh, connect with nature. We may do a hike or we'll go biking together um, uh, around the lake or river and um, do all that. And uh, riding is very therapeutic. So I do that. And I also ensure that um, sometimes you have to do a little self-check. 
I make sure, you know, that I'm staying true to, to my boundaries and I'm respecting those and uh, just analyzing those um, because you do, you have to go back and, you know, are these good? Are these working for me? And just, you know, just being mindful of my feelings and my, how I feel around just certain people or certain things that I'm doing, like, for example, in my job, all those things. Um, yeah. So there, there, there are buckets when it comes to, to self-care and I, I break those down in my book as well. So in case, you know, you're confused in terms of what, you know, what bracket does this fit in? I break that down nicely um, in my book. Oh, yes. I forgot the exercise one is crucial. I, there were times um, there uh, when I first moved here, I was pretty chub chub and exercise was just not, it was not one of my giftings in life. Cause I remember back in the day, you, you ran, you ran track. I don't even know anything. All I know is like you would walk into the dining hall with your legs and everybody be like, golly, golly. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I don't think I ever told you, but it, it was just spectacular. Like your legs are art. Like, your legs are art. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. And so it was amazing. And I feel like y'all, because it was you, there were like six of y'all or five, I don't know. And like, I think y'all put baby oil on just to walk outside on purpose. Did you do this on purpose? Y'all did, didn't you? You did. If there was an outing, if there was an outing, I, I'm, I'm gonna say if there was an outing. Yeah. <laughs> I think your outing was everywhere because I think I, I think you. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Yes. But um, what did you use? What did you use to run back in the day? Like what? What were you doing? Yeah. So at Murray, I was a walker, and I did um, three seasons. I did two outdoor and one indoor. If I'm if I'm tracking correctly. And I did, at Murray, I did the open four and the four by four. Mm. And in high school, I did the the 300 hurdles. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I did the 300 that's and the 100, 100 hurdles. Yeah, yeah. The 300 was my better, my better race, but yeah. Ah, that's amazing. Yes. I, I, I started to do, um, I started exercising like, I would go, my whole goal was to walk into the gym, get on the machine, and 30 minutes, don't ask me for nothing else, and then I leave. That's it. Gotta start somewhere. That's it. (laughs) Yes, and I did that, and it was rough, and uh, I remember the first week, I cried. I cry all the time, like, just just weeping, tears. My legs hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but then I started to do... um, like longer distances outside because when the quarantine started they shut the whole city down and it was intense and um i remember sitting on my bed at the beginning because everything was shut down and i was like i could either get fat again or i could like run outside those were my two choices and i decided to keep running and it was like i had to almost every day just go out running i know i did Yes, and now my little legs have like these little indentations on them, and I was like, "Look at me!" Mm-hmm. You better work. Okay? I know it, it's it's exciting. So the the physical part um, has helped so much with like my my journey through healing all the things from America and mm-hmm. grieving and de- death, loss and death and, and figuring out where I'm going next and I think about all of this, listening to my ratchet music and going out for runs So, girl that part yes. <laughs> have you seen my playlist? <laughs> oh my god, it has to be the ratchetest of the ratchet I got a whole doctor degree and I listen to Migos, what else and uh, whoever else is talking about shooting up places, it's so inappropriate <laughs> so, 
it's okay. But it gets the people. But it gets the people going. So. It does. <laughs> yes, with weapons and <laughs> grand. Yes, it's a lot. All right, so. It's a thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we talked about the self care um, and how important it is. So uh, co parenting and being a mom like that's a lot because I'm not. I am no man, no kids. Because tender, y'all. <laughs> I got stories. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a no thank you. Mm-mm. Yeah. So what has your journey been like with um, deciding? I want to know about the deciding on on motherhood. And now you have the three. Mm-hmm. And the kids are cute. They're real Thank cute. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. You know, they're, they're everything. I love them. Um, the, the journey. So, um, um, their father and I, you know, we met at Murray College Sweethearts and all of that. Yes. And then eventually we found her. I, I got to Chicago first and then he got there. And then, yeah, from there, um, we still dated. You know, we were, we were an item. And then he went off to... I joined the military and then from there he came back uh proposed we got married and penelope is our honeymoon baby i will be absolutely transparent about that and it's something that we both agreed on <laughs> and then after that then we had two additional ones and now we're here <laughs> absolutely yes i like honeymoon babies it's a good story mm-hmm. it's a, it can really happen you all like yeah it can really happen to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely Ah, yes. So, and there's three under five, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Four, two, and one. Yeah. <sighs> what a busy, happy yeah. house. Oh. <laughs> yes, it's all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. What are their personalities like? Are they like you? Are they like their dad? Is it a mixture? Or what is this? Yeah, it's a blend. Yeah, so Penelope, she is very outspoken. She is assertive. And, um, you know, she she has a level, she's always been like this. And I not only said that for her, um, she's always had this level of emotional intelligence, even like as a baby. And I thought, this is kind of off, but I'm going to take it because it's good. So <laughs> she would know, like even like, when we were traveling, like for example, when she was 10 months, we traveled to Guam together, just her and I. And she, um, like on the plane, it was a long plane ride um, for a baby. And she was good. I think she was like, okay, I know mom, and you're going to kind of have it tough here on the plane with me. So she was, you know, she was good in that regard. And um, ever since then, I feel like she's been like that, just just knowing, okay, like, I'm going to read the room kind of thing. Um, and then, <laughs> and act accordingly. <laughs> so she's, yeah, she's like that. Um, and she's very... She's a go-getter, independent, and she's able to, you can tell her, give her instructions, and she's able to go do it. So that's her. And she thinks that wins her baby. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. But, um, and that's my youngest one. But then Hugh, he's the middle child. Hugh is, I call him my little engineer because he's always putting things together. You'll see him off to himself. You Generally, you'll see just the three of us in the picture, me, Penelope, and Wynn, because he's off doing his own things. Like, no, I don't want to take a picture on project i'm doing my projects over here so that's you and he's he's comical as well <laughs> he's he has a, he's just funny like his his sense of humor is fun and personality is fun um and then there's when when is just sweet um we're both cancers and i can already see the empathy in him if you're if he thinks that you're 
you need a hug, he'll just go up and rub your back or feel mm. motion to get up. And at, at one, right? Mm. Even his dad spoke to that too, you know, how he'll come in and give him some love because he feels like he needs it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, those are the ba- those are my children. Um, they're, yeah, they're phenomenal. I love them so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always worry about like, you know, because I'm no man, no kids. I'll make a kid, I think, in like three years. I'm th- I'm pretty sure. But like, yeah, yeah. But I, I always worry about like new moms, like what happens if their kid comes out ugly? Because then like, I don't know what to say. Like, wow, your kid's shoes look red. Like, I don't know. Like, it's so hard. And so, and I, you know, I don't currently know anyone that hasn't. Yeah, I do. I, it's a lie. There's a couple that I, I've seen. I'm like, who goodness? babies it's, it's a struggle i'm gonna pray a lot but like your kids are amazing they're so beautiful and then like you know you would like you would like post a couple pictures even like when you were pregnant and then like you would have the kid like it's just the whole it's the whole everything everybody's just pretty like Everybody thank looks you. Like, yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So, like, how are you managing all of this? Because it's a lot. You know, um, I go back to that thing my mom gave me, that attribute of grit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because on top of my author uh, platform and that sector of my life, I'm also a full-time safety professional in the construction inter- industry where, you know, you have to be full force. It's um, a male-dominated field, and but they, they love me. I won't say that. So mm-hmm. that has yeah, it doesn't mean anything to me, but um, it's just, um, I, I have that, so I do that full time, I'm doing this, and then I'm caring for them, and I'm, you also have to pour into your kids, too, you know, you can't just have them and then just let them exist. Um, I mean, you let them exist to some degree, you get wrong. So my dress. So, you know, also carving out time to hone their interests and what they like to do and their skills, making time for reading, and then we have to bond, so making sure. And Penelope holds me to the seawall, the seawall knows. So on the weekends, for example, she'll ask me, so mom, what's our activity for today? <laughs> so she... Uh, I'm obsessed. <laughs> yes. So there's that. Um, but then to just um, treating, you know, um, I'm big on apologizing to children. I think that's a thing. So um that pouring into them and just allowing them to be themselves have a voice um so all that goes into motherhood and they just want to just they just want to have fun and they and they love their parents so they want to hang out and have fun with their parents so that means penelope cooking with me she cooked with me last night it's like you know what we should probably do some lives with you cooking she likes it mm-hmm. um so uh, you know that i know i kind of ran off of you know away from the question but um uh, Motherhood is just a, it's a dynamic thing. You just kind of take it and go. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to balance everything by just not taking life too seriously, not taking myself too seriously, and just remembering that they want to have fun, so I want to have fun with them. Oh, yeah. And that was a perfect answer to the question. I think, um, I don't know, I think, you know, since I know everything, because I have no man, no kids, um, <laughs> I'm a genius. <laughs> I am so smart. <laughs> Cause I just be commenting <laughs> on people's lives. I got nothing else to do with my day. I'm bored. <laughs> yes, and Facebook gives me data, but like I, I've noticed that like, <laughs> but like people, there's there's like people who like uh at like like become parents, 
like sperm hits mm-hmm. the egg and you're like, oh, I'm having a baby. And then they start to think about how to be a parent. Other folks, like, they've been processing this for a while, and they have a general idea of the type of parent they want to be, and then they have the kids. Mm -hmm. So, like, and I think the Mm -hmm. latter one, usually they end up being better parents than the first one. And so I think, like, in the way, I don't want to speak for you, but it sounds to me like you've really put a lot of thought into parenting, and it's not just, like, making sure the kid's not dead by 4 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think it's a very uh, prestigious role, and I think that it's one that we should take very, uh, take just take serious, and yeah, just um, just take care of that, you know, take care of that role, and um, yeah, so yeah, I, I was, I did do all those things that you were saying, um, I always thought motherhood was fascinating, the fact that I can create a life with some, you know what I mean, like I can grow a life inside of me phenomenal um i did the whole breastfeeding thing for all of them and we can have stories for days about that how you can get creative with pumping (laughs) because i've done it all from pumping in my car with a generator all those things um to airports in asia (laughs) since they have the neat toilets (laughs) but um yeah so um yeah it's always been phenomenal to me that role and um i wanted just i wanted my children to feel the love that I didn't receive wholeheartedly as a child. And I'm not speaking not from my parents, but just in general from, you know, um, the people around me and um, certain members of the family, just different things like that. I just want my children to know that they're loved. Just point blank, they'll never have to second guess that, that that's without a shadow of a doubt. So that's my take on that. Um, yeah, they just want to be loved. And I also wanted to ensure that I treated them with dignity and respect. They're just smaller people. So they still have feelings. They can still process emotions in a room. So they know whenever two people are feuding, even if they're not blatantly feuding, because they can feel it. They're just smaller people. And yeah, so I operate by that. And uh, mm-hmm. I even took some mental notes, I think, when I was at Murray, when I would listen to Will and Jada talk about how they parent. I'm like, um, I like how you think. So I would put that in my mm-hmm. back pocket. And that's one of the ones that I put in my back pocket was the fact that they're simply smaller people. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because they know. <laughs> they can feel. Know. But yeah. Absolutely. I live over here in China and like um, parenting is, I don't know what it was like because you were in Asia? You were in Korea. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. Korea, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't talked to a lot of people in Korea, uh, but Chinese parenting is very toxic and these kids are going to therapy for the rest of their lives because you know it's it's really unfortunate and I you know I teach high school now and then I also teach little kids and I just watch because like a lot most of the parents are birthing children one because the government said so and then two literally like these moms are like well well the president said I needed to so I, I had a kid I was like what the, you know you could say no to coitus right but okay and then <laughs> And then um, they're also doing it to having kids to take care of them when they're old. So they're like, y'all are my oh. insurance policy. Like, you know, like you're you're the one. And that's pressure. So like I I had a 10-year-old kid uh, last year. And he comes in and he's, you know, I'm just his English teacher. That's it. And he's like, teacher. I have to get a PhD in an American top 10 university 
so that I can pay for and reach this certain income level because my parents said so and then come back and, and and I was like but all we're doing today is phonics but if you want to talk about your life then we can go ahead and do that too because it looks like you're having a rough day and he goes yeah I'm not okay I'm not yeah and, he needs a mental day yeah for sure some self-care yeah he like needs it. some self-care Wendy needed some self-care for sure um and so I I would not ever want to have children in this culture um, because of the level of pressure, one for the mothers and also mm-hmm. for the kids. It's just, it is not a healthy place. And no one is, ha- no one is happy and likes being a parent here. It's unfortunate, but uh-huh. who am I? Because I'm just the one with no man, no kids. But it just don't seem like that way. Yeah. It does, you know, so two, if I could, two responses to that. So the first one is, you know, um, I know a little bit about the codependence Never we're talking about the parent, you know, expecting things from the child. And, you know, that's never a fun thing. And that's one thing that, so when it, from my childhood, what I did is I took the good and then I also took the bad, but said, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not going to apply that <laughs> to my parenting. And that was one of the things is um, my children don't owe me anything. They never asked to be here. I, I, I afforded them the opportunity. And so it's my job to ensure that I set them up for success and pour into them um, from every avenue. And that's also financially as well. It's not their job to ever pour into me. So I, will, I would never ask them for anything. And that's one thing that I can say never on mm-hmm. um, because that's not their job. I'm their yeah. parent. And um, so I'm setting them up for success. If you see some of my pictures, for example, on my website and on my, I, my Instagram, where um, they're my, my models, you know, for my books, and they get paid for that. So they're employees of the company. Yes. <laughs> they get paid for that. Yeah, yeah. They have paychecks and all that, and their own bank accounts, all that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just really figuring out how, because I'm all about building generational wealth. Yeah. You know, if you want to invite me on for another day for another topic, we can do that. Absolutely. But I'm really big on that. And, and it starts with us, but as parents, understanding how we can make that happen for our children. And so, um, yeah, I'm not, yeah, our children are not here for us. They you know I, we're here for them. And on the flip side, what I liked about Korea, what I gathered is that they're very family oriented. And I brag about them all the time. And, and in fact, I don't know if I typed this to you before we met, but I, after Wynn goes to high school, or if I can make it the thing and make it happen beforehand, I will be moving back there for three years, whatever the max is, to go mm. work there and live there. It's, it's, the, it's that deep. Is, Korea was that deep <laughs> for you. It was that deep. And yeah. what I liked, it it was almost for me, you know, I'm not a citizen there, but for me, it was almost like this utopian society. Like, is, I can really go out at three in the morning by myself. Shocking. And I had to- shocking. shocking. And, um, so the, and then the people were just genuinely nice, just genuinely nice. Very, very family oriented. They even have like a, a huge celebrations for their children's day and mm. the other holidays that surround the family. And I like even to the point down to going to the grocery store. I don't know if you, you know, they have the same setup in China, but if you're pregnant and you go to the grocery store, you best believe there's some designated parking spots for you. Mm. Even like when you go to the mall, they're painted pink. Because you get first access close to the door to park your car. <laughs> yes. And anywhere that you go, there's always a, a, a nursing room or a mother room for you to go to. And that's the first time that I saw that. And I'm like, why don't we have that in the U.S.? And I think when I got back, when we traveled back at the airport, I think I saw one for the first time. Mm. Oh, okay. There's a nursing nook. Uh, but it's just, for me, I just feel like there's so 
And I'll say this too, last thing on this, is whenever Penelope went to school, she went to ESOP um, uh, school, nursery school. And that's cute little backpacks that you see. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, her teacher, they they really love the kids. You know, they really love the kids. Um, you know, she wrote, she, whenever um, Penelope left, she wrote this heartfelt letter. Like it was a card and it was a whole letter inside the card where she talked about how she loves Penelope, how she misses her. She came to her birthday party. I mean, just, I feel like they were really invested, invested in the kids. Yeah. The level of investment um, in their kids is bar none. I think uh, specifically in Asia, but China, oh my gosh, like their whole paycheck goes to raising these kids. And that's the thing that I I think is fascinating is just how much money they'll put into their kids. But also they're doing it for a high return on investment. And that's the part that's not so great. Um, but they are putting all their kids in dance class and PE and basketball and English and all the, all the things all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, but also it's a culture of robots and um, it, it's hard. Like there's not much humanity over here, at least in the town that I'm in. Um, people, mm-hmm. people work all the time and their kids are working either in school. And then after that, they go to their little training centers to eight hours a week. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I remember for my birthday a couple of years ago before COVID, um, I went to Korea for five days. Yes. And I got me my little. I went. I got me my little hostel because, you know, I travel poor. And so I, I can't afford much. One, it was expensive. I was like, you know what? So I got, I, you know, I got me my little bunk bed. And uh, I loved Korea, South Korea. Oh my god! It wasn't just me. I took. Yeah, I knew it. (laughs) No, because like I moved over here. I moved over here to China, like, uh, cause I was having a bad day. I used to teach kids that were hard to love, and this one girl, Kay, it's just, she was rough. And so one day, she I (laughs) took her chips in math class, and she cussed me out. My future, my future children, my ancestors, my hairline. She cussed it all out. She did, and then. She, you know, trauma's hard. Trauma and poverty's hard. It's not her fault, but also she could have done better. And so, like, <laughs> so, wow. And I looked at her because she did this every other day. But that one day I looked and I was like, you know, I don't have to do this no more. And I Googled how to leave America and still make money. And all these jobs for China showed up. And I was like, I'm going to go do this. So it was not my plan ever to, like, live in China for long periods of time. I, but I had to get out. Um, and oh, yeah, I was yeah. willing to do whatever it took to get out, and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always thought that like China was so bizarre, and that everywhere was like China. But then I went to Korea, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, these people are living like y'all are happy. <laughs> they are happy and dressed to the nines. To the nines, they're workers." That's what I love. I forgot about that. They're put together. Yes. They're put together. And I love that. But go ahead. I'm listening. Oh, my God. All of the men are hot. I was like, what are y'all eating in China? Because y'all don't look like the Koreans. And and then I came back. And I asked the Chinese friends. I was like, quick question. Why do the Koreans look like this? And y'all don't is my question. Like, what's wrong? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> they're, they're beautiful. Like, everyone is together. And their clothes match. Chinese clothes they don't match. They wear because they need they need to not be naked. That's the goal. <laughs> so they just wear whatever they want. That that's their value system. But like the food, 
was super healthy and like the green. And I remember everything. after everything. everything. Yeah. So why only for you three years? You should stay. Well, I, I, well, I, I don't know if you caught the end of that. I was like, well, or however long I can stay. Oh, got it. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause I just, I just fell in love with um, the culture there. Um, I just, I just love it there. I really do. And um, and and then to the, it just speaks to my soul. Even like, I, you know, I was, you know, I'm joking about the, um, you know, being funny, making light of the. The, the, the fashion scene, but really, you know, I love fashion. And then I feel, I know we talk about Milan being the fashion capital of the world, um, or, or, you know, it's, it's meant, it's always been said as that, but I'm like, I feel like it's Korea because mm-hmm. they, I mean, and I love their underground shopping. Well, I was in Daegu, so I was further south, so I wasn't as close to Seoul, but, um, I don't know. It just, um, really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've lived, you know, I've lived in, I remember I used to live in Spain, too. I did a semester abroad there Indeed. in Segovia. Mm-hmm. And I, I love it there, too. Yeah. But Korea, mm. I'm just like, I love it. That's yeah. that. <laughs> and the black folks in Korea, they were, like, happy. They they were like, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, us over here in China, as black folks, we're like, we, we're, we're, we're here for a purpose. And then we need to get out as soon as we can. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? And then she, oh, go ahead. Um, yeah, but like, just, um, like, all of us, like, if you see another black person, it's just like, just looking through hard, it's like a hardship over here. It's really oh. challenging. Um, some people are living their best life, but the the majority of us, like, have been through all the trauma and we're used to it. And so now it's okay. But it's, it's rough. But then when I went over to Korea, I was like, y'all like Asia. That's amazing. Yeah, that's where it's at. It really is. You know what? I haven't been to China. Um, I do want to go. While I was there, I was kind of figuring out where I should go. Um, uh, But um, Africa's on my list next. It's supposed to be a a potential stop, a strong potential uh, stop for the book tour, uh, (gasps) if I'm being all the candid. Yes. Nigeria. Yes, yes. Um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nigeria is Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you did you did Spain, Korea, any other places like for you with traveling? Or those are the two. Oh, travel wise, I've been I've been to a lot of places travel wise. Um, I started off in Murray. Um, you know, going with that we uh, took a class and then we were able to go um, on a trip with the class. So Segovia was the um, part of that trip we went to Barcelona we went to Segovia and then another time we went to um to Germany we mm-hmm. did and um and then another country too uh, that's in close proximity to Germany and um I mean I've been and then when I studied abroad in Segovia I also went to Switzerland to Geneva and Italy so we did a, a little city tour there we're in Florence Cinque Terre, which I was like, oh, I want to be, if I want to get married, you know, I wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a cute little, it's a cute little uh, city. I liked it there. And Milan and um, some other cities there. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've traveled quite a bit, you know. And then even, too, whenever I taught um, overseas in Korea, I was fortunate enough to be able to teach in Japan as well. So in mm-hmm. Okinawa and uh, Iwakuni. Uh, so that was really nice. Um 
So yeah, yeah, I've kind of yeah, been, been 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 to some places. Oh. <laughs> Fortunate enough to be. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Um. So for those folks who um have not left, why why go abroad? Like what what is this? Why did you go abroad? Why do you think it helps people? You used to go abroad because it it broadens your perspective on everything. Mm. It's hard to narrow it down to one, but it just really broadens your perspective on life. And you get to, you just get to see just the beauty of other places. America is a very young country. So whenever you go to places in Europe, you really get to see some beautiful structures, some history. And those structures there are preserved down to the buildings that people live in. So you really get to see just how other people move throughout life, how they interact. And it's, it's a beautiful experience, For bottom sure. line, and something that everyone should do. Mm-hmm. I try to tell people, like, leave and then figure it out when you get there. Just just go somewhere. And I've traveled, I've been many places, and like people are like, how did you do it, and why? And I'm like, just... And I don't know which one to go to, which country to go to. I was like, literally, like, spin the globe and, like, pick. And then buy a ticket and go. Figure it out. And yes. Let me show you something, too. Because, this, you know what? You just, I'm not, I have to make a post about this. I'm not made this. But um, my mom, so whenever she was in college, she did the whole, um, she was in, like, the Spanish club and stuff. And she traveled. I think they went to um, Disney World, Disneyland, something like that. And one of her classes. And she bought, she just knew she was going to have kids. So she was like, I'm just going to go ahead and get this. Just, you know, I already know. And I still have these books. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the Disney Small World Library. And this is what sparked mm-hmm. my interest as a child. So you have everywhere from uh, the Netherlands to Scotland to Australia to Japan and France. So I was already exposed yeah. to other worlds at a young age. And mm-hmm. I think I always knew I was going to travel. I didn't have my plan in place, but yeah, this sparked my interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, mine is um, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego, the TV show. Yes. You remember yes. that one? Yeah, and then um, I think the worst thing my dad could have did was he put a, a world map on my wall as a kid, and I remember just looking at it for hours, hours, and just looking. Because uh, I we didn't have much money growing up at all. Like it was, we were a level struggle. Um, but that map is what, and I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go to, the, I'm gonna go. I don't know how because we got, we have two dollars right now. But when I get three dollars, <laughs> I'm gonna buy me a ticket. We're <laughs> a step further, right? Yeah. You know, I'm a firm I'm a firm believer, and whenever I speak, I, I always mention this um this quote, but um. Our, you know, our president um, Roosevelt, you know, saying that once you think it, you're halfway there. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that, you know, everything that I've wanted to accomplish in life, unless there were external, you know, factors and forces, I've been able to do that. And yeah. it's all just about mindset, having a growth sure. mindset. So, uh, you know, you were going to travel and girl, you're, you're living in China. I, <laughs> I <know>. love it. <laughs> yeah, how did this even happen? I, I don't know. But it's I, eventually, I, all the things that I decided to do as a kid, like I have done or am doing and it's the it's the power of like determining i'm gonna do this however when do whatever it takes in order to accomplish it and it, it happens it does okay doctor i know okay. right it's so cool mm-hmm. you know i mean i do a couple cool things in my life just a couple 
I'm here for it. That's on the pipeline for me too, and I'm here. I'm here for it. I love celebrating all my sisters, and you are just phenomenal. I love it. Yeah, Ah, you can do it. I'll edit your dissertation. Mm -hmm. They make me so happy. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Because I I know English. I know some words. (laughs) Yes. I don't want to keep you all day, but like, do you have some things that like, um, like I forgot to say this and I really want to say this real quick or, or, and then also like, I need to say this one more time because it's super important. Yeah. So if I had to say anything, um, is to, to choose you, to choose you in life, you're the most important person in your life. So make sure that you cultivate a good relationship with yourself that you seek whatever it is that you're wanting from everyone else that you seek that first from within mm. and yeah i'm on all social media platforms pretty much yes. <laughs> i'm on clubhouse too um but yeah so if you um if you all go to my website www.martikachanel.com you can find my books for pre-order go ahead and grab yours okay mm-hmm. they're on sale for 9.99 you can do that um, I have something for the children as well. If you want a signed copy of any of my books, um, they're there for you. For you, and um, yeah, um, the, the official launch of the publication for What to Do with These Red Flags is September thirtieth. Um, so um, yeah, I encourage everyone to to go get go grab a copy. Oh, okay. One more. I have two more questions. I almost forgot. Um, what is it like to be a black woman, or however you identify, in twenty twenty one? And then what is it like to be black where you are and then the third one is um message that you have for black folks and a message that you have for the white people in 2021 yeah so answer those however you want yeah absolutely um so overall now now that i have reached unconditional happiness i'm gonna tell you this now i know that we are unicorns because we are the minority and we're unicorns Mm -hmm. and i i walk as though um I no longer do I feel as though I have to professionalism. Yes. You know, you should have a certain level of decorum whenever you're interacting in, you know, um, uh, in a respective setting. Absolutely. However, no longer do I hide who I am. Do I try to um, shade, shade away or shy from who I am at the core? Uh, be who you are, you know, in settings. I know when I've got my first big girl job um, and the first in Naperville and then later on in Chicago, uh, working commercial insurance, I was not comfortable with being who I am. I wasn't. And um, part of that was not embracing, now, now that I'm older, I know this, I didn't embrace who I was fully. And uh, part of that was my blackness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of, um, not that I didn't, I just didn't know how to mesh the two, the professional world with that. And so I had a hard time navigating through that, believe it or not. Mm. And then it was just like, I don't care. I don't, I don't, I could not care less. And so my guys, they love me for who I am. Um, I come, I, and I don't dim my light anymore. So I mm. come in full force. So if I'm wearing nails to work, I'm wearing nails to work. If I'm wearing lashes, you know, I just don't dim my light anymore. What you see is what you get. Even down to my hair, you know, um, but you see what you get. You know, if it's the high bun today, it's the high bun. If it's the afro, you get that. Um, um, yeah, and the other question um, about being black where I'm at, I am in a predominantly white area. Same thing. I walk as though I'm the unicorn because we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just myself. I'm, I'm just myself. And I still attract the energies that I'm supposed to attract by just being me. 
and I don't give it a second thought anymore. I just don't. Um, obviously, I look different, but I'm still a person. I'm still I'm I'm a I'm a vibe. I'm a bomb person. Uh, link with me if you want. Um, we can have a great time. If not, you know, it wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the message for the black, the black people, the white people—that's your question for one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just love each other. <laughs> That's all I can say. Accept each other. For those who are already doing that, keep doing that. If you're on the fence, mirror check. Go get my book, mirror check. And try to see why you're on the fence with meshing with other people who don't look like you. Is it xenophobia? Have you left the country? If you're not, take our advice and do so. Get out of your comfort zone and understand that we're, we really are just humans. <laughs> it's that simple. So just try to get an understanding as to why um, you feel as though there's this vast difference and why there's the disconnect because it's a you mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. And that's that. And that's on both sides. Um, yeah. Disconnect with people just because they're people and they make you feel good. Point blank. Um, yeah. And, and if I could, um, I do have one story or I don't Absolutely. know if I need to tell a story, but, um, yes, tell the story. yeah. So my dad, Okay, tell the story. Yeah, tell the story. I like the stories. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So my, you know, all, all people, people are good if they're good people. And um, in my book, you know, my acknowledgments, I, I speak to my dad. And if you all know my mom, she married um, when I was, uh, I was born July 2nd, 1998. And then they got married Halloween in October. And she married a, a white man. And he became my dad. And um, he always taught me the importance of my skin complexion and how I'm no different than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that someone tried to label me the N-word, then um, I'm not that. You know, that that's, that's a them problem. And I remember, um, I think, and, and racism is taught, and here's why, here's a story. Um, this was, I want to say this was my fifth birthday. I think it was, I think it was my fifth birthday. Um, and I'm playing with, the, with what I, who I thought was my friend, Samantha, she was across the street, and we're playing. It was the day of my birthday. And my dad, he was, um, we're outside of the apartment building. And um, you couldn't really see him because of how it was structured, the awning. But he was on the other side, and we were playing. And she just called me, she called me a nigger out of nowhere. She just called me that. Yeah, something that she probably heard or was taught to her. And my dad turned around so quick. (laughs) And he was like, well, since Martique is a nigger, you know, you can't go to her birthday party today. And I don't, yeah, I don't think she understood the the impact of what she said, maybe because she just heard it or she was told to say that to me because of how I looked. Um, Because throughout the entire party, it kept getting interrupted because we would hear a at the door and it was Samantha at the door and my mom would go answer it and she would have like a stuffed animal for me for example, to give to me, and mm. you know, in efforts of an apology. But my mom wanted to teach her a lesson and that, you know, and my dad that you, you still can't come because what you did was very hurtful. So mm. um, teach your kids to love is my point. Teach your kids to love. Um, it does have an impact on other children, whatever you choose to go against that. You know, it has a negative impact on children whenever you choose to go against that. And I'm just happy that I had both parents, a black parent and a white parent, to show me that I'm still, I'm still worthy of love. Mm. It doesn't matter what I look like. So I had that on both sides. Was my point of telling the story? Oh yes, yes. Parenting is rough, and I'm glad that you had 
You, you had little gems that you were able to pick up and pass along, and then now you're doing that with your kids, and it's just so beautiful. I I approve. You're doing great. Yes. <laughs> Thank oh. you. And likewise. Yes. yes. And if I could give you, give you your flowers, I just want to say that I'm very proud of you. Um, it takes a lot of, of, of just gut, you know, to say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pack up and I'm going to move across the world <laughs> to go teach some, some children in a culture and area that I've never been to and I don't know. So kudos to you for that, for achieving your doctoral degree. Just keep soaring. My message is always to keep soaring and keep shining in your life. Keep using your voice for the better good. Girl, keep being brilliant. Keep being bomb. I, I have to try it. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, because you have to, like, when, you got to toot your own horn and you got to toot other people's horns. Like, we just need to, like, go make a noise, especially as black women today. Because other people are making noise, and it's time for us to make some noise too. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, I'm proud. I'm proud of you. I really am. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Yes. Well, on my Instagram and on my website, I'm gonna put all the tags and all the pictures and all the things, and so uh, y'all can hear and get more because Martika is the best. She's bomb.com. Mm-hmm. I approve. And I wish y'all could see. I wish y'all could see the face because it's it's fire. Yes. <laughs> so you get an A plus alright excellent y'all I am here for all the black girl magic and just all the magic that is Martika thank you so so much for um, sharing your love and being vulnerable and um, your expertise and your perspective Martika I am so grateful for you and your voice and your and your journey along with all of my listeners and so um, yes please support Martika her website again is Martika Chanel M-A-R-T-I-K-A-S-H-A-N-E-L buy her books hire her support her find her get some life coaching she'll get your life together um and send her some love let her know that um she is because let her know how great she is because she is out here doing the thing and so the whole reason that I do these conversations is so that you can see what it's like to change the world in your corner of the world and use your skill set so that you can make the world a better place and also just to um show how amazing some humans are around the world and just to give you some light and some sparkles because sometimes life is just really rough and it gets depressing but Martika is all the sparkles and I'm so grateful for her so um and then also my website um melanated stamps you can find pictures of her links to all of her work and um also um, you can f- find ways to support hire and um, send her love on my Instagram page and website, which is the same name, M-E-L-A-N-A-T-E-D-S-T-A-M-P-S.com and then MartikaChanel.com as well. So until next time, drink your water, go to the gym. Maybe one day we can have legs like Martika and also... Um, Be kind to one another. Be kind to yourself. Life is hard, y'all. And we are pushing through together. And so, yes, be well, friends. Until next time. Bye-bye.